Great morning. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I hope you are well rested and ready to manifest your blessing this week. Listen, I'm your girl, Chanel. Thank you for joining us on the See It to Create Be It podcast. I was a little under the weather last week, so I didn't have the opportunity to record, but I'm so glad to be back with you. And listen, today we have a very important conversation. It's about domestic violence. October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And I really want to take this time to have a conversation about domestic violence. And first, let me start by saying, if you or someone you know is in immediate danger, please please call 911. There are also some numbers that I want to share with you. I'll share with you um, in a few minutes. But I also want to just say this. You are worth peace. You are worthy of having a peaceful life. No one deserves to be abused. You are no one's property. No one can own you. You are your own person. And you have a right to feel safe. You have a right to not be abused. There's a National Domestic Violence Hotline number, which is 1-800-799-SAFE. And you have a right to feel safe at all times. So today, I'm the special guest. (laughs) I'm actually going to share a little bit about my own personal experience. As a teenager, I was abused. I was in a very abusive relationship that went on for many years. And really, I was in a space where I loved that person more than I loved myself. And it really did a lot of damage to me. The identity I formed out of that abusive relationship caused me to make a lot of really bad decisions. I did not value myself. And it really hindered me in a lot of ways. And thankfully, I did get help. I did seek counseling. I did get, I actually ended up in a, a shelter for some period of time. And that helped me, the counseling and the care that I received during that 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 season of my life helped me to begin to see the value in myself and realize that I did not deserve to be abused, that I was more than that, and that um, I deserved and my child deserved more than that. So it really helped me to move out of that space, out of that mindset and to leave that relationship. But it was very hard, uh, especially as a young person. And in my case, this person, um, I lived with that person. So it was my, my home and I really had, I felt as though I had nowhere else to go, but that was not true. There were shelters, there were places that I could turn to when I did, and it helped me ultimately change my life. So I really want to encourage you that if you are being abused to carefully plan your escape, because let me say this, oftentimes when victims of abuse decide to leave, that becomes the most dangerous time for them because domestic violence or intimate partner violence 
is rooted in power and control. So when the perpetrator feels like they are losing control over their victim, they become very, very violent. They can become very dangerous. They can become very unpredictable. So it is a time where you don't know the level um, of escalation that may occur. So you really have to be mindful of that and you have to plan your escape. I would also suggest that you never announce that you're leaving, that you never announce that you are done with the relationship. Because again, that can become a very, a very dark time. So real quick, I just want to share something with you. If you happen to be someone who's in an emotionally, emotionally, excuse me, or physically abusive situation, I want to play something for you. I want you to just take a moment, smell the flowers, blow out the candles. Smell the flowers. Blow out the candles. I want you to relax your mind. I want you to know that you are worthy of love. You are worthy of good things. That somebody somewhere is waiting on you and will consider you to be a blessing in their life and will be happy to have you and to honor you and to treat you well and to treat you like the wonderful person you are. I want you to get in a mirror and look at yourself as you hear these words. I deserve answered prayers. I deserve favor. I deserve a powerful comeback. I deserve peace. I deserve loyalty. I deserve faithfulness. I deserve and reserve the right to say no. I deserve freedom. I deserve love. I deserve peace of mind. I hope you enjoyed that. That is a spoken word piece that I created. And uh, it's just for you. It's just for you to remind yourself that you deserve wholeness. You deserve happiness. You deserve an abuse-free life. And I can remember back when I was a teenager in this abusive relationship that I found myself in a space that many victims of abuse find themselves. I was ashamed because, again, as I mentioned, so much of this type of abuse is rooted in power and control. And I remember this person used to buy me things a lot. Again, I lived with this person. I was very young. I came from a very uh, dysfunctional home and I ran away from home at a very young age and ended up living with this person. And 
that was part, that was a big part of the control this person had over me because that was my, my, the only place I had to go. And that, you know, he knew that. And so he wasn't initially abusive, but in retrospect, when I look back, there was a lot of emotional abuse. There was a lot of doing disrespectful things and me tolerating it because I had no place to go. And he knew that. And that emotional abuse went on for years before it became physical. But again, I realize now that there was a lot of manipulation with regards to buying me things. So he would buy me things a lot and really appear to be this good guy. And, and, you know, I believe we, everybody has good in them. He just was a good person that did bad things, but, um, would buy me things a lot. And what I realized about the power and control game is that when abusers buy you things to, in an attempt to earn your trust, your loyalty, and your Uh, well, I don't want to say that word. That might that might not be the word I'm looking for. But when they they look to ultimately gain your trust and in, in your loyalty and your love, and that's what happened in my case. So he would buy me things a lot, and really appeared to be this wonderful guy. And a lot of people thought from the outside looking in that I was living the dream. You know, I had this guy who was very loving towards me, spoiled me seemingly. But what they didn't realize is I was really living the nightmare because there was a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing going on with him where when he drank or smoked weed or whatever he did during that time, he would become very violent. And um, it was really unpredictable. It, it, there would be no there would be no really no rhyme or reason why he would just change, but anything could provoke him to, to switch up. So I was always on edge and trying not to provoke him into rage. I was always on edge trying not to provoke him, you know, to do something or to, or to escalate him in any way. So I just remember that there was a time when it got so dangerous that he actually pulled a gun out on me and threatened me with it. And I saw my life flash before my eyes. My baby, my, my, my oldest son was a baby at the time. He may have just been walking and, um, I just remember thinking this, this man is going to kill me or I'm going to kill him because I was that scared. It had, it had reached a point where I was so scared that I was really in my mind plotting on what I could do to get rid of this guy and get him out of my life. And it just so happened to be that he got in trouble with the law for something else, not even for what he was doing to me. But, um, 
and he he ended up uh getting some jail time and and for me that was my saving grace that was my my exit strategy that was that was my time to get free and um I did and never looked back but it was a it was a leading up to that time was a very stressful time because I just it seemed like I couldn't escape this person um he you know would move on and have other girlfriends and and I would be like good because that's my escape but he would still come back and intimidate me and bully me. He would have somebody and still come back and bully me. And um, it was just very, very stressful. It was very scary. And it was a very dark time. And for years after that, you know, I thought leaving that relationship, I was, you know, better. Of course I was better. Um, physically, but emotionally, I was, uh, there were a lot of things to come that I did not anticipate that I was not aware of the psychological and emotional trauma had really, had really um, done a, a great deal of harm to me. I was depressed. I was fearful a lot. I had, ang- I, I developed uh, anxiety and it made me very leery of, of, of men, of men in relationships. Um, so I, for, for a long time, it was very hard for me to get close to anyone because I, I didn't fully trust. And again, the therapy helped me a lot, helped me a great deal. And I feel very fortunate to have made it out with my life. I know of stories where women did not make it out with their life. They were maybe shot or in some cases killed by their partners. It happens every day to this day. And that's the reason why I'm speaking out about it now. For many years, I've been advocating against domestic violence. I have donated a lot of my time to supporting women in these types of situations. And today I just want to talk with you about the dangers of staying in that type of relationship. One thing about domestic violence, when you are being abused, the shame associated with it. I know for myself, I was so embarrassed because like I said, for many years, he was not physically abusive. There was emotional abuse but I didn't even understand that to be abuse. And so for many years, I would make excuses for his bad behavior. I would always find a reason to justify why he went into this other personality. I would always, um, you know, find a reason to excuse that behavior. And that empowered him even more, you know? And I was so embarrassed by that, particularly because I've always been a pretty outspoken person. And I felt like, wow, this happened to me. Like, I think we all feel like, oh no, I can't believe this happened, actually happened to me, 
you know? And so I felt very embarrassed uh, by the fact that I was in this abusive relationship and I did my best to hide it for many years until it became so obvious and the disrespect escalated. So he started like assaulting me in front of people. Then there was no hiding place for that, but it was very, very, very embarrassing, very embarrassing. And in my case, there will be times when we would have an explosive incident and I would be like, this is it. I'm done. I can't take this humiliation anymore. But I really felt like I didn't have any place to go and I would end up back with him. And there was a big part of me that loved him. He was my first real boyfriend. And so I would be so torn. I would be so torn and I would end up going back to him, but I would be embarrassed. I would be embarrassed for people to know that I was back with him. And that's a red flag, you know, like another dancing red flag. When you have to be embarrassed to be with someone, then that clearly tells you that's someone you should not be with. And um, that went on for years, you know, the shame will put you in isolation. So then you like, I stopped hanging around people because I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. The shame placed me in a place of isolation, which was good for him because perpetrators love being able to feel like they are your entire universe. You know, they control your entire world. So he controlled basically my finances. He knew my whereabouts. He he controlled every aspect of my life, essentially. Again, because I lived with him. So, and another thing too, it, it, you know, in retrospect, I look back that it was never that he would catch me doing things and he would get angry with me. It would be because I would catch him doing something and I would be like, you know what? I'm done. I'm leaving. And he would get violent with me. But um, power and control, you know, so ladies, gentlemen too, it's very important to have your own finances, your own, to be able to stand on your own two feet because when a person feels like they have the ability to, you, they're your lifeline in terms of how you eat, how you clothe yourself. You know, when they feel like they control how you eat, then they also control how you, if you starve, you know? So be mindful that that is a string attached. You know, someone who's always doing things for you, for lack of a better word, is is a handicap to you. You know, it's not it's not necessarily helping you. It's usually the tactic that predators use to keep you in a codependent state. So they will be oftentimes doing things for you. Never even ask. They they insist. You know, on doing things for you and you. It, you know, being naive, thinking, oh, he's just so wonderful. He's doing. He does everything for me. Really, it's setting up the power control dynamic. And usually that string attached becomes a noose. So be mindful of that. Always be 
in a position. And if you are someone who's in a position now in that type of relationship, I would really strongly encourage you to, again, plan your plan your escape with that in mind. Domestic violence tends to escalate, as I as I mentioned over time. It, it can, you know, start off as verbal abuse, emotional abuse, and then spiral into physical violence. But ignoring these signs, ignoring the escalation can be very, very dangerous because again, that's what happened to me in my case. And I see this often. And I'd also say that there's a, there's a huge impact on children living in homes with domestic violence and witnessing that type of abuse, you know, which was really one of the primary reasons I gained the strength to leave my abuser, because like I said, at the time, my little one was probably one, maybe almost two. And I just remember thinking, I don't want him seeing this. I don't want him seeing this. And so I got out of that. And um, I really, really encourage you to do the same, to take your life back, that there's so much more life to live. Listen, you will love again and you will love somebody who loves you enough to not abuse you. Real love does not want to damage you. Real love does not want to break you down. They want to actually build you up. And that's one of the biggest things I learned. I can remember one time, this was another really defining moment for me that I I can recall this person has a big family and one of his cousins was in a relationship and the guy abused her and he went after the guy. He was very angry and went after the guy. And I remember saying to him, so why did you go after him? And he said, because he hit my cousin. He was very angry. And I said, oh, So your cousin is important enough to not be abused. You don't feel she does, she should be abused, but you abuse me. So I'm nobody. I don't count. I don't matter. And just thinking of that just enraged me. And um, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that there are a lot of people who, actually see human other human beings as their property because they bought you something or because you live with them or they think they actually have the right to dictate your life and control you as a person. And when they feel like they're losing that control, again, they can become very, very dangerous. So I just want to say to you, if you are in an abusive situation. Think about the things that I just talked about, the emotional and psychological trauma, the isolation, the emotional control, the impact it will have on your kids, the the escalation. You know, and just think about all of those things and Know that there is support out here for you. There are resources out here for you. 
back when I was going through my experience, there were shelters in place, um, but I believe today there are many, many more outlets, many, many more outlets. There are a lot of support groups. There are a lot of mental health online access um, too that, you know, you can access online. There are a lot of um, support resources and legal reforms that you can, you can tap into that will educate you and empower you to seek help and rebuild your life. Rebuilding your life will take you, will require you to rebuild your self-esteem as well because there will be so many things that you just don't think about in that moment that will affect you years down the road. But I just want to say to you as somebody who has had to have the courage to take my life back. You got this. You can do this. You are built for this. And somebody is waiting on you. Somebody is waiting to love you. Somebody is waiting to have somebody like you in their lives. So get the courage up to love yourself more than you love your abuser. Love your whole happy, fulfilled self more than you love your abuser. You deserve more. You are more than a conqueror. And I want you to see it, decree it, and be it. Have a blessed day.